Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You know, I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Zach Pecan. He's a principal with Corn Ferry based in New York City. He specializes in senior level executive search for chief marketing officers, chief growth officers, and other sales and digital leaders. He's on the steering committee for Corn Ferry's global marketing officers practice and a member of their global consumer sports practices. On the show today, we talk a little bit about demystifying the executive search function, the types of characteristics or capabilities that they're looking for in the next generation of CMOs, and also the differences that are required to make the transition from CMO to GM or CEO. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Zach Pecan. Well, Zach, welcome to the show. It's great to be with you, Alan. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. I thought we could start with how you found your way to executive search and specifically how you came to focus on CMOs, chief marketing officers, chief customer and growth officers. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting journey about how I found my way into executive search during my senior year at Boston University. I started to think about a lot what I wanted my first job to be. And I spoke to a lot of family, friends, teachers, mentors. Everyone provided a lot of helpful advice. And the one constant theme was to find something you're passionate about. And I love sports. I love media, entertainment. 
And I had traveled a lot over the last several years, having been in Boston, D.C., London, Italy, and Spain. And I wanted to come home back to New York. So I got a job at the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden, in a one-year business development training program, selling Knicks, Rangers, and Liberty tickets. I had no business background. I majored in political science, but I love sports and entertainment. And in that first year, as I look back, I learned a tremendous amount about business, how to do research, get on a phone. I made 100 plus phone calls a day. Yes, they did track them. And I learned uh, how to understand different clients, you know, large corporations, families, and most importantly, about how to build trust and long-term relationships. I worked at the Garden for several years. And as I was meeting with many different business leaders, I could get the meetings, I could make deals, but the wheels were spinning because as they spoke about finance, balance sheets, HR, marketing, technology, I knew that if I was going to be a better business leader, I needed to gain more knowledge in those spaces. And so I enrolled at Baruch, which has a great financial and international reputation in the city, in their executive MBA program. I worked full-time at the Garden and went to school full-time. It was a crazy roller coaster ride. And at the end of my studies, I was thinking about what I wanted to do next. Someone said, have you ever considered search? I said, what's that? I did my research. I saw a lot of parallels. I'm intellectually curious. I like solving problems, making an impact. And so I got the opportunity to join a boutique search firm. I learned the business from the ground up. And then I joined Corn Ferry, where I am today, which is a global organizational consulting firm. We help our clients to select and hire the best talent to execute their strategy and advise them on the best ways to compensate, develop, and motivate their people. And with my background coming from the garden originally, the consumer marketing and sports practices were a natural fit from an experience and passion perspective. And today, I advise and partner with clients looking for chief marketing officers, growth officers, commercial officers across all different industries. Awesome. Well, I know you talk to former and current CMOs and chief customer and growth officers every week. And I'm curious, and I'm sure listeners are as well, what you're hearing about the challenges and opportunities that they see ahead. It's a strange time right now that we're in. Yes, these are strange times, but I do have the opportunity every day to speak with marketing leaders all across the globe. And it's fascinating. We recently held our first inaugural CMO, CCO roundtable with senior marketing leaders across various different industries. And all the CMOs talked about how they're facing similar challenges at this time. And some of those challenges and opportunities include figuring out ways to continue to engage with their customers, focusing on their brand, performance marketing, customer experience, revising their investment models, and digital transformation was critical before and is even of more importance now. The most effective CMOs, we see no surprise, right, have a mix of what we call left brain and right brain. So they're highly analytical and creative at the same time. Given the situation that uh, we're in now, financial management has become even more critical, metrics and brand building as well. And CMOs are very focused on how to develop relationships with their customers that build value, produce innovative, creative, and use data-driven insights to demonstrate a return on investment. CMOs, it's important to understand that 
they're part of the C-suite and management team. And so they shouldn't just behave like a marketer, but instead more like a general manager. And CMOs are expected to creatively apply insights to business challenges, validate their decisions with data, create seamless customer experiences, and lead efforts to put the customer at the center of the organization. And CMOs, as most of your listeners are probably very well aware, are considered the most volatile C-suite function. And while many have gained a seat at the table, that continues to be an issue as well. And so marketers need to really continuously be aware of the importance of demonstrating the value that they can provide to their businesses on a consistent basis. Yeah. Do you feel like the role is changing for good in any in any respects related to COVID? Or do you feel like maybe this is a little bit of a temporary issue that we have and that really the, the role itself is pretty steady and not being, you know, not being changed for good, I guess, related to the pandemic that we're going through? I know it's kind of an odd question, so apologize for that. Yeah, no, all, uh, all good. The CMO role, I think, was evolving before COVID and will continue to evolve in the long term. The best CMOs understand the importance of better organizational alignment. And that's more important than ever. As the saying goes, it it takes a village. And so the relationship between the CEO and the CMO is so important now. Uh, CEOs want to see hard data on how marketing investments translate into revenue growth, especially at times like now. And the most successful CMOs can manage not only up and down, but also sideways with other C-suite leaders and building trust together. The marketing environment is in a constant flux, COVID or not COVID. The current crisis, though, has definitely led to the acceleration of digital transformation across organizations. And marketers need to understand how to flex marketing models and where to make their marketing investments most effectively. And they also need to be strong communicators, especially in times of uncertainty. Purpose and relevancy are more important than ever. Using purpose to create deeper connections with consumers is very important. This can result in higher market share, growing faster than your competitors, and achieving higher employee and customer satisfaction scores. And also CMOs, especially in times like this, should look to be more agile in their marketing approach so they can identify high-value projects. And they need to be able to learn on the fly and apply new approaches as things are constantly changing. And so balancing the short-term and the long-term, there's the art and science to marketing and having a strong understanding of innovation and risk-taking are significant. Yeah. Well, you mentioned a number of things from left and right brain marketers, if you will, to the importance of communication and being able to communicate effectively, both internally and externally, or or drive the external communication. I'm just wondering if you think broader about trends in either the marketing function or best-in-class CMOs, assuming that those things would be carried forward by Corn Ferry and their perspective on what makes a great CMO or, or how do you guys think about it? What what do you feel is more of a best-in-class CMO? And I, I say that begrudgingly a little bit because almost every CMO I meet, their role is slightly different. You know, there's a little tweak, it seems like, to, to each organization and how they treat the role. Yeah, we we've done a lot of research on this. You know, Corn Ferry as a whole has close to 70 million assessments with over 4 billion data points on executives all across the globe. And then to take it one step further, 
by function specific to marketing, we've actually identified the differentiating characteristics of best-in-class, modern, digitally-oriented marketing leaders, including their competencies, traits, and drivers. Because to your point, right, what a marketer looks in company A or what success looks like could be very different than what it is in company B. And so the competencies are are the leadership skills that matter the most for success. The traits are the personality characteristics that exert a strong influence on behavior. And then the drivers are the preferences, the values and motivations that influence a person's career aspirations. And so from the research that we've conducted, best-in-class CMOs understand how to manage ambiguity, engage and inspire others, develop a strategic vision, and drive results. They're adaptable, confident, and curious, and they're resilient in the face of obstacles, and they can work collaboratively across an organization. Got it. Got it. Well, it is a very difficult role. And you mentioned it's one of the most volatile in the C-suite. And I think we see that with every report that comes out about tenure. One of the things I was reading recently and uh, and doing some research around this myself is the, the role of the CMO in the C-suite. And Deloitte had published a report in the last year. Essentially, one of the main takeaways was that CEOs tend to rate their CMOs pretty high in terms of their performance versus how CMOs rate their own performance. And then if you looked at other C-suite peers like the COOs and the chief sales officers, they actually seem to rate roughly on average CMOs a little less on their performance than CMOs themselves. And one of the thing takeaways was that CMOs have a little bit of a confidence issue if you just compare the CEO ratings, which are higher to their own. The other thing that kind of struck me was, you know, this need to not just manage up to the boss, if you will, but this managing across. And given all the transformation and enterprise change that most of the CMOs I've had on the show talk about, I was kind of frankly surprised. So I just one, wanted to get your reactions. Like, what do you, what do you think given that? And is there anything that CMOs should be doing differently or, or thinking about? This is a, an interesting study, and it really does depend on the organization. Some CEOs truly understand the marketing function, while others still believe that marketing is about putting a big billboard out in the middle of New York City or just that fluffy stuff or something that's nice to have. And so based on the conversations that we have with CEOs, for the most part, they generally do value marketing and and have at least some form of understanding, but they're really hungry for marketing leaders that are strategic business partners and specifically individuals that are revenue drivers who can speak in business terms, not marketing lingo, who can simplify things for the organization and someone who they can lean on and know that they'll come through. And so CEOs expectations remain very high for CMOs, which does likely contribute to the short tenure and volatility. And it is critical for any organization that has a CMO to be able to describe what are the critical success factors for the CMO. And so if you can define four to five success factors, that's excellent. If not, then it's likely the organization either does not understand marketing, value it, and that that CMO seat will continue to be a constant revolving door. And so CMOs need to make sure that they 
really understand what are those critical success factors, because that can be the difference between success and failure in your current role, your next role, and in your career. That's good advice. That's good advice. I mean, one of the things I would love to get your thoughts on is it's rare that I have an executive recruiter that places CMOs, the people that I talk to every day on this show. And I'd love you to demystify a little bit the executive search process. As an outsider, of course, it, it seems like most CMOs that are placed had a very similar job somewhere else. And, you know, there's like this natural progression. And then you every once in a while see what I call these shape shifters. Example would be like a, a Jeff Jones who you know, started off as a, a lead marketer at Gap, then went agency side, then went to Target as CMO, president at Uber for a very short period of time, and now CEO at H&R Block. Cross industry, really changing, morphing the role that he served in. Another one, that's still in the marketing role would be a Marissa Thalberg who started off at Estee Lauder then went to Taco Bell. So changed industries. And then now is at Lowe's, you know, the home improvement store. So still retail, but very, very different than Taco Bell and a quick service restaurant. So I don't know how you think about it, but I'd love for you to describe how search actually works and how do you go about sourcing candidates and when do they start to hit your radar, if you will? Yeah. Search is a very, Interesting business. Let's break this down a little bit further. So at the start, for example, let's just say there's three or five firms who pitch to work on the assignment with company X. And then from there, if we have the opportunity to win the search, we kick off by taking a real deep dive with our clients, speaking with several different stakeholders to fully understand their business, their culture, and how the CMO role fits into the organization. We are our clients, partners, and advisors providing insights into how they should think about the marketing function, what the role should look like, org design, top team effectiveness, and more. And so it does depend on the circumstances. Once we understand who and what the client is looking for, we can develop a detailed job spec as well as the targeted search strategy, including relevant industries and companies. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And then identify potential candidates both from a technical and cultural fit. And then we can start to contact potential candidates or sources, which is someone that we may know who can provide some ideas around 
the role and the opportunity. And then when we identify candidates that could be a potential fit, we do in-depth interviews with each candidate. We have our Corn Ferry assessment, which provides insights into the candidate's competencies, traits, and drivers. We share this information with our clients throughout the search process. And after the search is completed, we stay in close contact with both the client and the candidate to ensure success. And it really is a fascinating and wild behind the scenes look into how the best companies and leaders in the world come together every day. Yeah, it's a, it's quite a rigorous process <laughs> that you describe. I mean, it makes sense. It's a big role. It's a big risk, if you will, if you get it wrong. So it makes sense that it's that it's as involved as it is. When you think about, it doesn't have to be the two individuals I named, but these shapeshifters, if you will, like being able to make that transition from industry to industry, or even in the Jeff example, I know there's a lot of CMOs that are passionate and engaged about marketing, but there's many that want to get it to that GM or that CEO type role. And so I'm curious if you were to advise marketers wanting to move into that GM and CEO role, like what characteristics or traits are needed there versus just continuing in their marketing function, if you will. I'd say CMOs that are interested in GM or CEO roles, it's really important uh, to speak up. And, and raise your hand. Let it be known that you want to broaden your skill set. It's also very critical to develop strong relationships across the organization and making sure that you get involved in the most critical projects to the CEO and the board. Because if you're not working on those, then those projects are likely not as critical. And so it's really important to be involved in at least some of the most mission critical assignments. You also want to be able to demonstrate a high level of learning agility, which means an individual's capability to take their previous learnings and then apply it towards their future role and future situations. This is a big one for CMOs. And then I think being able to lead and motivate others, this one tends to be emphasized. A lot of times everyone thinks that they're strong in this. So it's really important that you can lead a team and build a team and inspire others. And so as you think about that, think about, do people want to be on your team? How have you built out your teams? Can you make difficult decisions? Because as a CEO, that's what you'll need to do. And also I'd recommend, you know, find someone that's sat in the seat, that's made the successful transition from a CMO to a GM or a CEO, you know, they can provide key insights about what to do, what not to do, how to get there. You know, just because you want to be or think you are a CEO, it doesn't make you one, nor will it guarantee that you'll get there. And so in speaking to so many different leaders, it, it does require a significant amount of hard work. It doesn't happen overnight. And to make sure that you get the opportunity to do something like this, you've really got to be able to differentiate yourself and also know that if you do get that opportunity, that this type of role is going to be different than anything you've done before. Yeah, no, it's great advice. Great advice. Well, we've, we've covered a lot of ground today. I wanna, one more area before we switch gears I wanted to talk about is the board of directors and marketing specifically. It seems, I mean, historically, I think marketing has completely been underrepresented in the boardroom. You know, it's mostly made up of finance, former CEOs, 
accounting and, and occasionally HR I see as well. But there seems to be a move to change this. You mean bring more marketing expertise or backgrounds into the boardroom. And I, I'm curious if you're seeing that at Corn Ferry or if it's just something that's hit my radar that isn't a, a trend, if you will. This is one of the most popular questions, Alan, that uh, I receive on a consistent basis. Uh, Zach, I'm a CMO. Uh, I can do that job in my sleep. I do it great. But how do I get on a board? And as we look at uh, the figures right today, the number of marketers serving as directors on boards remains pretty low. That's the not so great news. The positive news is that over the last couple of years, we have started to see an uptick in boards looking for marketing executives. So that's fantastic. And so I would advise CMOs that want to be on boards when openings do occur, boards do tend to go with what feels most comfortable, which generally means prioritizing leaders who have been CEOs or served on boards as boards look beyond CEOs and as marketing gains a bigger seat at the table, this will likely continue to move upwards. And so if you do want to serve on a board, I would recommend first just make sure that your company approves it because some do not. Also remember, it does require time. And so it shouldn't interfere with your day-to-day CMO role. And it's likely that your first board role could potentially be a nonprofit board or a smaller or private company versus a big, large public company. And so I would just add to that the way to really differentiate yourself in regards to potentially getting a board opportunity is to, first and foremost, you got to be the best in your field and you got to master your craft. And then from there, network network, network, let others know you want to serve on a board as this will increase your chances of of trying to get that board seat opportunity. Got it. Well, uh, thanks for taking us down this path, if you will, demystifying the search and the business in general. I'd love to switch gears. And um, one of the things I like to do is to get to know the person behind the microphone, if you will. And uh, my favorite question to ask is, is has there been an experience of your past that defines and makes up who you are today? Oh, wow. There are many experiences that have defined and, and make up who I am today. I'd, I'd start with my education. I uh, did a dual curriculum. It was very extensive learning growing up, but it taught me a lot about hard work, empathy, kindness and honesty. And those values have been invaluable throughout my life and career. If you're honest, you're kind, you care about others and you work hard, people will trust you. They'll want to be with you, work with you, help you, and good things can happen. I think also having an older brother who's five years older makes you better. Growing up, uh, we played and, and watched sports all day, every day. I remember running up the street for our daily basketball or football game with our neighbors. And I was by far the youngest, the smallest, and always the last pick. And so I had to work harder than everyone else just to be somewhat competitive as everyone was bigger and stronger and faster, but it made me better. I think also my opportunity to study abroad in London and get a global perspective, taking classes, 
working on a political campaign, traveling across Europe was incredible. And then as we talked about a little bit earlier in the podcast, you know, working full-time at Madison Square Garden, going to business school full-time at Baruch, it was a crazy roller coaster ride. I was very early on in my career. MSG was my west side home in the city. Baruch was my east side home. But as I look back, it was a great experience. It was a challenging one as I had to work 20-hour days and, and burn the midnight oil, but it was a great experience. And so I think all of these experiences, you know, I've developed a high level of intellectual curiosity combined with a strong degree of hunger, fire, and resiliency. No, I, I love it. I love it. And that, you know, the birth order in, in particular made me chuckle a little bit because it's true. You know, the, the younger, younger sibling usually has to muscle their way into the, to situations, if you will. It does make a huge difference. Well, uh, you know, what advice would you give your younger self if you're uh, you know, starting all over? Yeah, I'd, I'd, a lot. I think I would say, you know, step out of your comfort zone, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And it's okay to be uncomfortable. And that's whether you're, you know, five or 105, that's where the best learning can happen. It doesn't feel like it in the moment. But then when you look back, I think that that is tremendous experience and the ability to stretch yourself. I think also be confident. My first boss, Bobby Gallo, always said, be confident. If you don't believe in yourself, who will? Be prepared, do your homework, visualize success, and make it happen. I think also don't be so hard on yourself. We all make mistakes. It's okay to fail. Learn from those mistakes. You know, when you get knocked down, and we all do, you know, just know you can always get back up and come back stronger. Think also breathing, right? We're all so crazy and busy and running around every day and doing a million different things. But just being able to breathe in the midst of all the craziness is important and in critical, especially in a wild and crazy business environment and the days that we're in today. And then I would say just have fun, right? Life is short. It goes fast. And if you're not enjoying the journey, try to figure out how to change things and to you know, laugh a little bit more and have more fun. Yeah, it's great advice. Great advice. One of the newer questions I'm asking and just having a little fun with it. So I apologize if it seems a little silly, but is uh, what have you made an impactful purchase of, say, $100 or less in the last six to 12 months? Huh. I would say a couple. Allbirds, super comfortable, uh, great shoes. They're washable, which I didn't know when I first got them. And they're great for just walking around the city, uh, going to the park, going to work, taking my daughter to school. So I would say Allbirds and then uh, Mac Weldon. Are you familiar with Mac Weldon at all? So they're uh, they're reinventing men's basics, you know, such as pants and sweatpants, boxer briefs. It's a game changer. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You're big on comfort, it sounds like. <laughs> so, which I enjoy. Uh, all birds are great and come across Mac Weldon in terms of briefs, if you will. And, uh, and they are, they definitely defined a new level of comfort. So, yeah. Well, um, 
Two last questions for you. Back to marketing a little bit. I'm curious if there's any brands or companies or causes that you follow or you think other people should be taking notice of. There are a lot of brands. I think some of the ones that stand out and more recently, you know, Nike, the app is excellent. The customer experience is great. Customer service is terrific. And they've recently come out with a new campaign titled, We Are Never Too Far Down to Come Back. It's an inspirational campaign that speaks to those who have come back from adversity. It's, it's narrated actually by LeBron James. And he says, but when, it's, when we were given no chance that we somehow found that last bit of strength to keep fighting, and then we did what no one thought we could, not even ourselves, we came back from the impossible. And I think that that's extremely powerful, especially in the times that we're in today. So I think that that's something that has really stood out to me. Uh, Headspace. It's a, an app focused on making meditation accessible to everyone and focusing on mindfulness and focusing on relaxation. I would definitely recommend that one. And then, you know, LinkedIn, probably well known to your audience, uh, right? A place to build and engage with your professional network also has something called LinkedIn Learning which are online courses focused on leadership, time management, and managing teams. And I think that that's a, a great resource for executives that are continuing to grow and want to learn and excel. Those are great, great additions. Last question for you. If you think about the marketers going forward, what do you feel like is either their biggest opportunity or you could go in the opposite direction, the biggest threat that they're facing? There's been a lot of discussion going on for many years about whether the CMO or marketing is dead. I'd say the largest opportunity is not about whether the CMO is dead, but about how marketing leaders can educate and demonstrate the value of marketing and how it is a strategic business driver with a seat at the table to grow a business and or lead through a transformation. Marketing, it's not going anywhere, but marketers need to focus on educating the rest of the C-suite and boards about its significance and that it's not that we can do without marketing, but rather it's essential to our businesses, both short and long-term success. And as I'm sure your audience is very well aware of, you know, marketing right at the core is the heart and life of a business today. Couldn't say it better myself. Zach, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Alan. Great to be with you. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love to hear from listeners and you can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes with links to anything we talk about on any episode. You can also search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Mom does 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.